Welcome to episode 13. It's Yovana from bumperleads.com. Today I am exploring outsourcing. I guess it's purely for selfish reasons as I'm looking to grow my team, but also to help business owners like yourselves fall in love with your business again by outsourcing tasks you probably hate doing in your business. My guest today runs a recruitment company that specializes in finding talent offshore. Her name is Lynn Podetti and she runs Outsourcing Angel. Today we talk about the outsourcing model, especially how to tap into the offshore market. Lynn also talks about the stigma attached around offshoring and some limiting beliefs we all have when it comes to outsourcing tasks. So if you've been stuck in a rut, maybe spinning your wheels in your business, Maybe it is time to delegate and outsource those tasks. Let's tune in to find out why Lynn believes in the offshore model. Let's get started. What is the best advice you have received that has stuck with you, Lynn? Okay, so... um You know, I've always been a very driven person, you know, trying to be as successful as I can. And it wasn't until I did a course from um, Kane Ramsey. Um, It was like a Udemy course and it really changed my life because he got me to think about like, what do you want to be remembered for? And he got me to do this like um, eulogy, like write my own eulogy about imagine the day that I'm dead. (laughs) What would I actually want to be remembered for, you know? And that was a really changing um milestone moment for me because I just felt like you know like I wanted to live my best Mm -hmm. self as you know the kind loving person and everything else is just a bonus whereas prior to learning that I was quite driven by like you know the amount of money I can make or you know um, just more like external things and um, that advice has just made me more happy and living in the moment more and you know I I still want to strive for wealth and success because I want to be able to help people with it but it's not like the main reason for driving me, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love it. And I love how you like to think big. You know, you, you're you quite driven and you you run this company, and as, as I told our listeners, Outsourcing Angels. And, you know, you have a team of, what, 80 people or so? Uh, you know, you have this massive, yeah, so, uh, massive team yep. and, and a few other companies, which I thought maybe it would be awesome if you could share it with us, um, you know, how you started on that journey. Yeah, sure. So probably about um, almost 10 years now was when I quit my job in, you know, in, in corporate, like my nine to five job. Yeah. And I quit that, uh, started, and I wanted to start a business and I had no idea what I was going to start. And I ended up starting an e-commerce business selling nail polish. <laughs> and um, I had no idea about business, marketing, outsourcing, nothing at all. But that was a good I guess, starting ground for me to learn about marketing, you know, because I'm just needing to get my own business to succeed. And through that, I had to learn how to outsource because I was not a web developer. I was not a graphic designer. I just felt like I had no skills <laughs> apart from like, no, um, I guess, good at finding people to do it for me. And then um, so that got me into then outsourcing. And so then um, I happened to, uh, so that business was a flop. I ended up being able to sell it for five grand. Awesome. So it, was a, you know, it wasn't as bad <laughs> like got rid of it and it was like a big weight off my shoulder because I wish someone asked me you know what's your passion it was definitely yeah. not nail polish yes. <laughs> and then um 
but then I got into outsourcing, meaning like people wanted to get a website done and SEO. And I just knew how to get the people because I knew how to get it for myself before. And that got me into like an agency kind of business mm-hmm. model. And so I was doing that for a couple of years until like 2015 where I, w- I um, well, actually 2012 when I was running the agency, I was like, there has to be a better way to run this business because I want it to be recurring. I want it to be less reliant on me as a project yes. manager. And so I did think of the idea of outsourcing Angel, which was like recruiting. Mm-hmm. Okay, like instead of me project managing, why don't I just hire other people for the, the businesses? And so the idea was there, but, you know, when you get caught up doing your current business you yes. just can't really have time for the yeah. the yeah the, the new business idea that you know is probably better for you um but then um, 2015 I think it was like I knew I had to make a change and I um yeah I just sort of rebirthed that idea again um and you know and started and then sort of committed to starting it you know and going out with it because of the pain of the agency model, and and yeah, so that's when I started the recruitment business, hiring virtual assistants. And uh, and you also have a few other businesses. Did that enable you to start other ventures? Yeah. So while I was running the agency, you know, there are you know the, the power of outsourcing is is amazing in a sense that you could really listen to what the problems in the marketplace is and be able to solve it using yes. resources that that they're available, right? You don't need to go and go out there learning the skills yourself. So then I started a video, like Mm -hmm. an animation business, like explain a business. I think during my agency time, so 2014, 15, it's still running now. I leave it on the side and more like a passive income business because it's like when, yeah, when returning clients or new clients come in for an animation I make money with it and it's all completely um, yeah. an outsource model. Uh, you know, the voiceover artist, the script writer, the animator, even the project manager is all project-based, which allows me to um, make money without having <laughs> the overheads. And I still have the red and black solution one, obviously. Uh, yeah, sorry, the first agency, I still have it running and it's still it's also running by a, a partner, contractor who – so basically it sits there as a passive income stream um, mm, business. I love it. I, I, I had to chuckle a bit when you said you um, you started mm. off in the business when um, your first business was nail polish. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really like nail polish either. Yes. But I, I, <laughs> like you, my first business was e-commerce, yeah. but I bought a business and it was in the alcohol industry. And I have no idea. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Wow. Importing alcohol, uh, tequila, um, yeah. cachaça from Brazil, which is cachaça is a kind of similar to vodka. I don't know if no you've way. ever had a caipirinha cocktail, uh, but they're usually a Brazilian, co- famous Brazilian cocktail made with cachaça. And um, and then I had some beer from Lithuania. Wow. Yeah, it's like a, it a business that I renovated and then I sold yep. it. But uh, I was the same as you. You know, I had no passion for, you know, th- there was no drive for me to g- wake up in the morning and go and sell alcohol. I could not imagine myself door knocking and putting some bottles of <laughs> Of something that I don't really yeah, I was drink. gonna say, do you at least like <laughs> drinking alcohol? <laughs> uh, I like enjoying alcohol, but um, like as in just a casual, like a nice, uh, but not I've never tasted tequila, for example, before mm-hmm. I bought the business, so I never really enjoyed spirits, mainly wine. <laughs> and, um, you were saying about passion. Passion. Yep. Um, I just interviewed uh, Leland Russell. He's going to be a guest actually before you. <laughs> and uh, he talked about passion where he uses passion as energy. And it's like a positive way of a positive 
form of energy. And I used to yeah. get, you know, hear from other entrepreneurs and business owners, oh, I don't have passion in this or I'm so passionate yeah. about this particular subject. I just think passion, like I've really resonated with what he said. It's like an energy to do something positive. You know, it's some kind of drive to help you, um, you know, realize the vision that you have. And and that's what I, when I met you, I really felt that um, outsourcing angels and your personality and everything just shown. And it was just like part of your brand, you know, this passion that you have. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I think it's the thing about passion that we're mistaken is like it's something you also grow more and more the longer you give the time to. You know, like I said, I never even knew about outsourcing or virtual assistants, you know, but the more I did it and um, but I guess if it comes down to still I knew I've always knew that I like people. I like, you know, um, you know, I, I like working with people. And so in, in the recruitment field, you're obviously always working with people, right? And so at least that is what, um, pulled me to stay into that industry and but the longer I stayed the longer I the more I fell in love with that passion for people yeah well this podcast is all about falling in love with your business yep. again <laughs> so uh, I love that uh, was there ever like a a moment a period during your uh, journey with growing outsourcing angels where you really fell out of it you know love with your business um, yeah, I would say, you know, even at the beginning with the agency model, I found it really hard in a sense because I also had a business model where um, I was selling website development or some graphic design logos and it was obviously not a recurring business. So you're like just stressing out trying to get new clients in and, you know, hoping that they'll buy another website. And so, um, yeah, I, I just try. I looked at other businesses. Like, I mean, I can't even remember what businesses I've tried, but um, um, yeah, just trying other things to make money. And I think it just comes down. It wasn't outsourcing that was an issue. It was just my chose a, a a wrong service to sell. And so then mm. I fell in love with outsourcing Angel only. Be, it's, it's it's because um, you know, it's a recurring business where you know I can you can work hard getting in the client, but the client stays with you for a long time. Um, and all you do is yeah. really take care of your people, take care of your client, and it's uh, it's a much longer relationship together. Yeah, it does. I agree with you. It definitely makes life easier. And uh, I say to my clients, as you know, I work in the marketing automation space, and I yeah. often look at how you know what products do you sell, and how people find you, how long have you had this customer for, how often do customers buy from you, and when you look at and deconstruct their business, you go. Oh, well, you know, if you structured your products, uh, a combination of, let's say, a one-on-one, maybe a combination of recurring and a combination of passive income, then you have this nice balance as a business owner where you have some freedom, Yeah. Um, uh, where yeah. You, you can focus on outsourcing. Yeah. Yeah. You just need to have a better business model that serves you and make it easier for you. And so outsourcing angels, uh, you guys really specialize in helping business owners get, get their freedom back, <laughs> essentially. Yes. Exactly. And so, you know, in order to grow a business, you really need people. That's the only thing you can really leverage to get more time to, to do more things. Yeah. And nowadays there's just so much more social media channels to manage and, and all these new, you know, know, um, strategies and things. And I really can't live without the team. Right. And so, um, yeah, our, our goal is to really free up the business owner's time to, you know, eventually just spend time with your loved ones. You know, nowadays I get the fortunate opportunity to travel a lot and um, it's because I was I dared to sort of grow the team and hire more and reinvest in the business and um, to be able to take over all the roles that I used to do you know when you're starting out you you do everything yourself and but then slowly you need to constantly 
um, I guess, you know, challenge yourself to offload more and more and more. And every time you hire, you're always going to feel like, what if I don't make enough to pay for this person? But you tend to do make more because if you focus on, okay, I do need these people to grow, but now I'm going to spend all my time, you know, working on business development and strategies and things. You, yeah, I, I, I could never, I never um, have regretted any of my hires. You know, it's always given me mm-hmm. more time back to grow more. Because that's interesting. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the phase, in a phase where I need to start uh, to outsource, really, uh, make myself redundant mm-hmm. as much as I can. Yes, yes, exactly. Like, for example. In today's two meetings I had back to back, I didn't have to be at these meetings. My team was able to hold them, present information, talk about the uh, technology in- implications of, of, you know, let's say integrating c- different CRMs, um, yeah. setting up funnels. I was just sitting back and listening and I was going, wow. You know, this really was a difficult time for me, remembering when I had my first uh, technical staff person to actually pick up what I do. took a year of patience and and struggle for me as an entrepreneur to be patient enough to teach them. How would you go about really thinking about outsourcing as a business owner? What would you do first? It's always important to start somewhere, you know, don't try to like think of every single task and try to create every single process before you really get help. You know, um, just as recent as, uh, as uh, you know, a few months ago, I was getting into LinkedIn. And although the word LinkedIn is just one word, it is just, it involves so much um things to do within LinkedIn, you know, from connecting with people, following up emails. When you post something, there's comments of, you know, replying to comments or replying to other people. I just realized there was just so much in it because I originally thought I could just do it myself now that I've freed up a lot of time. But then once again, I can see that it's already repeating that I'm spending, you know, hours in it when I know that I could, you know, do something else. Um, Although, um, yeah, I knew it's important, but I I knew that if it's, if a task is repeating and I'm, and um, yeah, it, it needs, it can be outsourced or delegated. And so, yeah, I got myself a VA and I didn't have really a process, but what I did is I take her on and explain to her what I've been, how, how I've been doing it. We recorded the, the session as well so she can watch it again. But we actually worked together to even come up with a, a system and process together as we're learning through this. So the limiting mindset is around like, oh, I need to like, get everything sorted before I even hire because the thing is once they pick up on one task then they'll pick up on the second task easily and then you know they can even develop those process for you along the way so that um you know not only have you got a helper you also got a new SOP yeah look uh, that sounds amazing uh, <laughs> I know that you you work with a lot of uh, like virtual assistants and they're predominantly are they all based in the Philippines or do you work with them um, across a uh, range of countries yeah cool so um good question so for myself i actually have people from everywhere singapore bulgaria um uh, indonesia um but then in terms of hiring for clients we've hired for uh, we've we hire um in the philippines um the reason for that is more that we created a i guess a, a infrastructure around you know we have team leaders and we've got the people all in the same culture um, we also try to create an environment where they get to meet up with one another and feel like it, it, they've got a community. So they're, they're, the reason why we've sort of stuck in the Philippines is just so that we can provide a consistent um, service to our clients. But for myself, you know, um, there is no boundary. You know, it, we're just looking for the great talent as long as they can do great work and um, they can live anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, they can come come into our team. So nowadays I also have Australian staff okay. that I've added on um, to do different things. So, yeah, eventually, I mean, at the end of the day, eventually I want to help the whole world I, I mean, like to, for me, <laughs> to work from home. I have a locally yeah. who um, I'll use for, you know, yeah. updates and some not so much uh, booking times and appointments and things like that. It's, um, it's all automated in my business, but for tasks like um, graphic design or maintaining a website, uh, that type of work that I hate doing, um, I just outsource it. Do you think that somebody mm-hmm. um, who is looking to outsource, yep. should they be um, kind of, should they know the task themselves before they they can properly outsource that to to someone? Yeah, um, I, I think the more you know about something, the more you're going to get better results or quality. You know what they're talking about, right? Like if you're doing something, like if you go into a website development and you don't really know anything about website, then it's harder for you to, like, I guess, quality check it or, yeah. or know that it's the, you know, the result that you're after. Um, but, you know, this is where, like, working with us, it, it comes in handy because, not only do we recruit for you, we sort of also provide you the marketing support or advice that you might need. Then we also stick with you along the way for any issues, you know, because sometimes it's the misunderstanding, miscommunication with the VA. So our client might not really know the area um, and they, you know, they they give the instruction to the, the VA, not in the way that it's understood by them. And so we do come in and, and assist with them. But, um, yeah, you know, I used to outsource myself and went through so many different hurdles myself. That's why I, you know, fell in love with outsourcing and realised that the other business owners actually need help with outsourcing um, because, you know, I myself also got ripped off by people that said they can do the work but they can't or, you know, got me to pay them in advance and then, you know, didn't do the work. <laughs> so I actually experienced all the, the same sort of uh, issues with outsourcing. And um, I also found that um, when you outsource on project-based, casual, you're you're going to risk the, ch- the, the issues of when, you know, reliability. Like when you need something done, you expect it to be done straight away, but you're only hiring them on an ad hoc basis. So they've got other clients, they've got other commitments. So you never really get that sort of dedication or someone really growing with yeah. you. And so our business model is a more of an ongoing service, right? 20 hours or 40 hours a week. And the reason for that is we want you to know, get the best out of the people you're working with. If they're dedicated to working with you, they're just immersed in your business and and spend so much time in it that they can, you know, bring bring out a lot of um, results for you. No, I agree with that. And um, I, I've seen a lot of um, my clients, for example, who use um, VAs from overseas, where their expectation is that, for example, that they hire a, a, a very generalist VA and they expect them to be yep. good at everything. You know, they expect them to be very clever yes. and creative in graphic design and, and be yeah. a wizard with yes. WordPress and create these uh, super duper sales pages that you'll have to pay thousands of dollars for someone, you know, you know, someone who has a degree that has, you know, done some digital marketing experience before uh, can create. So how do you like manage these expectations with business owners when you, yeah, when so, you start a project? Yeah, sure. So as part of our process, we, you know, go through discovery session finding out everything that a client wants and yeah there are certain times where they wanted like you know this ninja you know this superman (laughs) superman va that can do everything but this is where we um you know as as an australian-based project um, management team we actually you know explain to the clients what to expect and you know exactly what you said we just explained to them that if 
you know, what is your priority? You want someone that's really good with uh, the design and you want them to know web development, but then you just need to accept that they're going to be not that great at development, you know, like really average. um, But which one is your priority? And so we're the one that helps to bridge the gap between the freelancers and, and, and them so that they don't have that mis-expectation um, and mm. get disappointed. Because re- at the end of the day, it really does take just the experience being, you know, working with different kind of marketing people, um, working with overseas people that we're able to know, um, you know, what to look out for to be able to share with our clients on that. Can you give me an example of uh, yeah. working with a client that you've been able to really transform their working life and make them I guess, fall in love with their business again <laughs> through outsourcing. Sure. I mean, I could think of a really great case study of this one client who we adore. He's been with us from the beginning, like 2015. He has local staff, um, actually, and so he's always had a team of locals. Never really, yeah, doesn't really understand outsourcing, but know that people out there are actually, you know, working with overseas people. And he thought, you know, I want to try it out, but he was scared. He was like, you know, I I'll just stick with locals. So he actually stuck with locals for a few years until he started to hear the benefits of, um, you know, virtual staff from the Philippines. And so he came to us to help him hire his first person. And, um, yeah, but what I really like about him is that he treats his VA like a local staff. You know, he onboarded him him like like, like any normal staff, not just someone that you're just outsourcing overseas. And so, um, yeah, the, the VA has been with him for like four or five years. And every time I, we call him, he's always going, you know, I love my VA. I hope she never leaves, you know. And so the relationship <laughs> has blossomed into something so beautiful where she's actually been to Australia twice. Um, wow. he, she's on the way to go come again as a visit. So, so yeah, so they literally um, look after her because they see her as um, someone that really adds so much value and and so affordable. They've never really even discussed the price because it's so obviously much cheaper than than um, someone local. But she's she's actually an assistant to a few of the local staff. So uh, a few of the local mm-hmm. team share her as an, as an assistant. Um, so mm-hmm. she does all the you know customer service as well as um, calendar booking. Um, yeah, a lot of admin mm-hmm. admin things for um, for the client. And so, yeah, when we spoke to him, he's always like, I really see it as, you know, how can I, you know, make my local team happy by, you know, giving them an assistant rather than, um, you know, because sometimes mm. we think that we can just throw everything to your to our team, but we forget that they also, you know, can get overwhelmed and everything's on their shoulder. But it's how can yeah. we dissect some of their tasks to someone cheaper overseas to be able to do. Mm. And, yeah, so it was a really Great success case. I know you, you talked about, mm. um, you know, hiring overseas. And there are some people that really have this perception that, you know, if you buy cheap labor, you get cheap service. But that's not really the case, you know, with yep. the types of um, the quality stuff that you find for them. How do you deal with that? Sure. Um, yeah, once again, it's just a limiting belief. <laughs> and um, I mean, to be fair, I still think local and overseas work really well together. They are complementary and they're, they're different. I have my local um, marketing girl, but I want to make sure that because she's on a higher income, I want her to be working on more strategic tasks, you know, coming up with the, the marketing ideas and, and project managing it rather than actually, you know, uploading content or scheduling the posts, et cetera, right? And so a lot of times business, own, business owners don't see the, um, I guess, the 
how to optimize the time because if mm-hmm. you get your local staff who's on thirty forty dollars uh, an hour doing everything, um, then you're just not um, you know making it making your yeah. hours efficient. And so um, I think local and overseas work uh, really well together. And when it, when I say overseas, they are they actually get to earn a much better income than most of the people um, in their own country. And so that's why I really love what we do because um, the people that work for us uh, they're actually you know graduates and and really smart people who happen to you know no longer want to work in uh, an office that takes them four or five hours to travel to and they just treasure the time with their family and so they decided to I don't want to sell my whole life to a corporation so I want to work from home and so they're really smart people who are already experienced and skilled and they've been a freelancer for many years as well Mm -hmm. and they they come to us because we free them off the stress of trying to find a job or keeping, you know, um, keeping a client because we also, you know, do our part to keep the clients happy as well. And so they're actually not cheap and crap. They're actually like um, they get paid um, above the the market rate. They they are you know well experienced and skilled, um, but of course they're just more cheaper than the Australian pricing standard but it's it's completely different country so different living standard yeah we obviously can't earn their money and live over here uh but yeah so that's the only difference (laughs) yeah uh no no, that's a great explanation because uh you know i spent um a year traveling to all the countries pretty much where uh our dollar was so extremely high that you know for me it was affordable to live like a king (laughs) really a queen (laughs) at this place in this place how long have you actually uh, been running uh, outsourcing angels now? Okay, so the you know I, the idea came in 2012, but the proper like launch was 2015. We see ourselves not just like a virtual assistant recruitment company, but it's really okay. a social enterprise. Like our mission is to create jobs for these mums and dads um, li- living in developing countries like the Philippines, be able to work from home and avoid the, the bad infrastructure over there um, and make a great living. But then we don't want to stop there. We want to create a ripple effect where they um, also volunteer their time to work with our foundations that we've partnered with, where we teach the younger generation of kids who are actually coming from like orphans, like they're orphans or they're from disadvantaged homes, to learn computer skills so that they one day could become a VA and earn a good living for themselves. And then we also um, partner with volunteers over there to help the next level of uh, poverty, people who are actually they live up in the mountains far away where no one um, even want to help them because they, you know, it takes a few hours to tra- mm. travel there. And so we've been fortunate enough to have volunteers in the ground, under, on the ground who actually um, use the money we reinvest uh, back to them to buy like solar panels, dig water wells, and actually just provide necessities for these people. Because un- until you can meet yeah. the needs of the uh, the essential needs, there's really no point in teaching about computers yet. But um, yeah, we're trying to help people <laughs> in the different levels of poverty. I love your mission, love your purpose, and uh, I've really enjoyed t- talking with you today, Lynn. Uh, how can our listeners find you? Yeah, so you can visit our website, outsourcingangel.com, to see what we're all about and, and you can connect with us on there with our YouTube channel, LinkedIn. Um, but, yeah, feel free to also find me on um, yeah uh, LinkedIn and Instagram and YouTube. I'm quite active on there. Just find my name, Lynn Padetti, and it should come up. Awesome. Yeah, I, I do follow you on LinkedIn and your videos are awesome. You're quite active there. 
it's really uh, like a lot of content you share too, like a lot. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So it was my commitment. Once I decide on something, I just go all in. So it was, I think, uh, last year, to, uh, mid last year or the end of last year was when I said, I declare I'm going on LinkedIn and YouTube. And so it's like, a, you know, once you decide, you're just all on there. But um, my next yes. year's goal is to be a professional speaker, like as in take it serious, like speaking almost full time. So watch out for me <laughs> on the speaking stage. <laughs> we'll be seeing Lynn a lot everywhere. <laughs> thank, thank you so much, Lynn. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Joanna.